this is Meg Dre, and I am here with my homegirl, Jade. Jade, I remember I was telling you about my line. That was like years ago. And, yes. and since then, I've, I've done so much. And it's super dope to like come back full circle with you and talk about this. Yeah, I'm actually happy. some context, guys. So Jade and I met because I used to be a social media consultant at this Japanese couture shop over on Rodeo in Beverly Hills, and we needed some models. And Jade was one of the lovely women of color, brown women of color over in those parts, but also in high fashion. So it was definitely something that we kind of bonded and connected with. Yeah, definitely. And it's so funny. I caught the bus that day. Like... Even when I first met the stylist, Redate, I had shout caught the bus. Rade, by the way. And shout out to Redate. She actually asked me to be in one of her fashion shows later, like months later, and I couldn't do it. But it was crazy because I had started my line and I was starting my modeling at the same time. And then the more I did it, I was like, you know, as far as the modeling goes, I was like, I kind of like this. So I was looking for gigs and I found this gig. I found, I can't pronounce the name. Oh, we're not going to mention it, but it, okay. was, it was a Japanese before. <laughs> This was like thousand dollar pieces, though. Yes, beautiful you know dresses, beautiful, beautiful pieces, like really expensive, nice, really nice clothing. And I was just looking for gigs, and I was like, I just want to, you know, do what, even if it's not paid, I just want to do it, you know. And I ran into you, and I remember I was telling you about my line, and, and for a while I was kind of like nervous about telling people that I designed because I didn't cut, I don't cut and sew right now and so it's kind of like I'm a designer but it's streetwear you know <laughs> it's nothing, Girl, wait you know? I want you to talk about that experience more because I had the same sort of experience and which a lot of young artists run into with the imposter syndrome as if uh-huh. they don't feel like they belong there because they don't fit into the mold of whatever industry or whatever stereotype or anything that they represent. I, when I was a young artist, was kind of uncomfortable telling people that I was an artist because I wasn't sure if it was a hobby. I didn't know. I was so young and naive that I didn't know that, like, it's an actual career. Right. It's a, a very lucrative business that you can get into. And I came from the Bay Area where art is celebrated. Mm. Diversity is celebrated. Graffiti is celebrated. I actually started doing graffiti and like doing anime kind of things, but more like Hello and like cute little stuff like that. In college, one of my professors told me that you should probably switch to a more conventional medium so you don't get in trouble. But it was important to me to share this story through and my friends' stories through this podcast about imposter syndrome because luckily I was in the entertainment industry too, music entertainment, and I would be at events in Beverly Hills and like doing hundred thousand dollar million dollar events and I remember you told that that's what that was very notable um, planners and venues but I was young and I was an intern at first and I was like I I come from the Bay Area but it's a lot of working class underserved communities I'm Filipino but a lot of the people that I grew up with were a lot of minority ethnic groups like a lot of Polynesians in the Bay Area Mm -hmm. a lot of African-Americans Hispanic people so it was it was a melting pot but like everybody hung out with each other which kind of is different in LA where right. people really don't like there's it's a lot so of lines of yeah. like 
it's so many lines and it's that's another podcast (laughs) but that's another story but as far as when I joined the entertainment industry and I was going to all these events I didn't feel like I didn't look like these people I didn't see people that looked like me like a lot of them were I'm small I'm like 4'11 so (laughs) a lot of them were Caucasian tall you know a certain kind of uh, body type you know yeah. so it, it was definitely difficult for me to overcome that that mental battle really yeah it is that's so it's very very true it's true now even more I'm it's funny that you say that because I have conversations with my boyfriend because he's he's a local rapper and he is an artist and and it's like kind of like as far as the women, everyone looks the same and there's this, this specific body type and this specific way you're supposed to look. And it's just kind of like, ugh. we need to evolve. And I think those are kind of the things that were really important to me. And how did you actually get introduced to the art scene, whether it be music, whether it be fashion, just art in general? Like, how did you know? My mother. So my mother, rest in peace. She, I lost my mom when I was 16. She taught me and she's like the reason why I have my fashion sense and why I'm able to like not really care who, who, you know, has an opinion about what I'm wearing. And I started that young because she's, she, she took me to thrift stores when, when we were young. She put you on game. She put me on game. And and I used to hate thrifting. And I was like, oh, that's gross. Until I got older. And I was like, oh, my God. Now no one else is going to have this. You know, she, my mother, I, I give a lot of reverence to my mom because she is the reason why I love fashion. And I was like, d- like bleaching my seven jeans and cutting up my seven jeans and my friends were at school like what did you do like why well, did you do that? all the moms that encouraged our creative energy and allowed us to harness that and just supported us totally understand where you're coming from I lost my mom in 2017 so it, it's definitely the people that you grew up around really show that sphere of influence in your life and and you don't realize it at the time because obviously you're a child you don't realize how long you will carry those values and how it affects you as an adult because you know with loss you you don't think about it until later when you're like dang when I have kids I'm gonna take my kids to the thrift stores like my mom very much so you know, so it, it's things like that. It comes very much so. Yeah, definitely. So she was the one that very, like, really encouraged me to just do what I want as far as, like, fashion. I went through a, a lot of different phases after I got out of high school. In high school, I was all about fashion and all about, like, I didn't feel right if I didn't cut my shirt or didn't make it a cry or didn't slant it. You know, that I had to have made some type of alter that that made it me in order to wear it. And I kind of like, as I grew older, I went through all these phases and I was like, I think I'm gonna do this line. <laughs> like, I think I wanna just start this, see how it goes. You know, I'm gonna explode if I don't because I have all this creative pent up energy that I'm, you know, that's ready to be released. And this was like in 2017 to 2018. I was thinking what about was the this. catalyst for you when you're like, nah, this is what I want to do. Because most people, well, not most people, a lot of people, they're like, 
stuck in a dead end job and they're like, nah, this ain't it. For me, because I like to do, I'm very, like, it's a hobby for me. Just like, you know, and I think a lot of people kind of miss sight of that when they're trying to like come out. Like it's very saturated now as far as like clothing lines. Everybody has a clothing line, you know, and everybody, you know, has something that they're doing as far as fashion. And for me, it was kind of like, I'm just doing this because I like it. I need to do it for my mental health and for my, you know, it's therapy for me. So when somebody paid me for it, it was like, whoa, okay, you know, this is dope. I, you know, I started getting a lot of feedback as far as my designs went and it was more than I expected. I kept going. I started to branch out and try to do different things as far as the cuts and trying to be as standoff and out of the way as possible as far as like being different. I love how you were mentioning that you were just so expressive, even in high school, even at a young age, Mm -hmm. uh, and that you weren't afraid to be expressive too. Because a lot of times when you join the creative industry can also be intimidating, no matter what medium you're in, you could go to a party and you could be like the most amazing poet, or you could be the most amazing illustrator or designer, but you just tell people, oh, hi, I'm Meg. I don't do anything. Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. work. But they don't tell them about their passions. They don't tell them because what comes from it too is they don't have the confidence yet. And I feel as the more events that you go to, the more people that you meet that are kind of like your kindred spirits, your community, your squad, your fam, when it really shows that, yo, this is me. My medium is a part of me. So how did you come to the conclusion that fashion specifically would be your medium and design? It started off as like me just doing custom designs. I got a couple customers from my cousin. It's a crazy story. She braided my hair and she had a couple customers there before me. It's like, I'll do your hair as long as you make me a jacket. I was like, for sure, (laughs) I got you. So I get there, I give her the jacket and then she has like two more customers there and they're like, wait, I want one. And it just started rolling from there. It's crazy. Would you say you generated a lot of leads from more like a word of mouth? Word of mouth, definitely, because I know we're in the age of social media and technology, but guerrilla marketing will never, ever die. And I feel like since it's so saturated with like the social media, social media, yes, I want you to be able to go to my website and click what you want and get it as soon as possible. But at the same time, I want to know you. I've built a, a pretty big fan base in New York and I've never been to New York. Girl, you a, you a designer designer. <laughs> That's also the difference. Like, you know, when singers, they're singers and then there's artists mm-hmm. like that have cultivated their own culture, cultivated mm-hmm. their own style. Because some people can be artists and they can have all the equipment they want. They can have all the the education, but they don't got a certain style. They haven't developed it yet. But from what you've been saying, like, girl, you got your own style. I think that's the -hmm. most important too. being a creative is building a connection with your clients and because they're trusting you with their vision, basically. Period. And then too, another thing that I've learned over the journey is if you're truly passionate about what you're doing, you're not going to look over your shoulder while you're into a whole masterpiece and be like, oh my God, are they going to like this? 
if you're a true artist, you're not going back to think, what is the audience going to like? Because that's your job as an artist is to give them what they're going to like. <laughs> that's the beauty of it. And so I have my blinders on. Kind of like that now, especially in the fashion industry. It's very fast fashion. It's so many layers to it. I, I realized that once I started styling like video shoots and photo shoots, I was like, I like this even more. It's a whole nother avenue that I'm going down now. So I'm so happy for you. And I'm so excited because we met so long ago and we kind of been talking about linking up for a while and then COVID happened and then everything else happened. So I'm so glad to have you on the show. But one thing I do want to kind of bring up is what you mentioned earlier about mental health, how fashion and designing is therapeutic to you. Now, what is your stance on mental health and the creative industry? I think that it's healthy to do it if and only you're passionate about it and you're willing to do it for free. It has to be something that you're willing to do for free before you get paid for it to really be passionate about it. And for me, that's kind of like I have people around me who are very money driven and I'm like, I'm not money driven. I do like money and granted it's inevitable if I keep going it'll come but I'm not money driven I just want to get these designs off and get these visions off that I have in my head and and get them off before I explode like I said that for me is how I keep my sanity it's how I keep afloat because I'm expressing myself I'm introverted extroverted like I'm friendly when I have to be and I'm there (laughs) you know like I'm yeah I feel you if I'm not out at a networking event or a show with my boyfriend or something I'm definitely at home designing and in my own space and in my and that's just therapeutic for me and I think a lot of people can gain from like understanding that like if you're not passionate about it and if you're not willing to do it for free like don't stress yourself out and try to compare yourself to everyone else facts it's actually really crazy that you mentioned that about doing it for free and doing what you're passionate about because I actually asked that from one of my illustration professors because I was trying to figure out I love all a lot of different kinds of mediums but I asked him okay well should I do this I'm good at drawing, but he was like, but you have to really want to live and breathe this medium. And mm-hmm. to be an artist, you have to live and breathe it, not just be in it for the money. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. there are oftentimes the artists, I hate to be stereotypical, but they have that starving artist syndrome. Because a lot of times too, and that's mainly what this podcast is about, how a lot of creatives, how they transitioned their hobby into a career as far as how they have pivoted their hobby into making money basically yeah yeah and and keeping that passion alive I think that another thing too is people suck the fun out of everything because they're so focused on being popular and money and it's like you're cooler when you're just doing it (laughs) that's kind of why I stopped modeling like I don't really model as much anymore I did a couple shows and I worked with a couple different designers and I kind of realized that I like being in the background and that there are so many more girls that are much more passionate about it than I am did it just because everybody was like you need to model they've <laughs> been telling me and that you're tall so like, so, yes you know side note she killing it as a model but she doing her passion 
as a designer, but she kill it as a model too. So it's just interesting. That's actually kind of the same thing for me when I was in the music industry because it got to one point I was like, is this for like vanity? Like what right. like what am I doing? I'm not a musician. I don't play instruments. <laughs> I'm in it because I got into it. Mm. There comes to a point you look around the people in your industry and you're like, dang, do I want to become like them? Yeah. Not to be negative. Yeah. That's just how my experience. No, very, like, very I had, don't, don't get me wrong. I had my fun. Like I had my fun. I am so grateful to have had all of the opportunities, but for my soul and my spirit, that's not where God led me to be. A lot of times too, People try to force it. Okay, so how did you build up enough confidence to start identifying yourself as an artist? That's a good question. I haven't, I've never thought about that. Okay. Thought about it because you've always been confident. Maybe so. It's weird that people think that because I am like, I have a lot of self-consciousness. I have a lot of insecurities. And like I said, people actually liked what I was doing and I was just doing it for a hobby starting. And so that gave me a lot of confidence and it's taking time, but it's growing faster than I, I'm expecting it to because it started off as just like, okay, let me just see what sticks. <laughs> like I'm just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks because, you know, let me just see. And everything to my surprise, fortunately, is going pretty well. And that's given me a lot of confidence. My dad gives me a lot of confidence. I love my dad. I'm a daddy's girl. For all daddy's girls out there, I am such a daddy's girl. And a lot of what I do is to make him proud. I, that's probably not <laughs> the best thing, but it, no, it's, understandable. it's like 30, 40, 50% of why I do what I do because I, I want to make him proud. I want to one day give him a life that he deserved because my parents had me at 19 and he had a basketball scholarship at Stanford University and his mom told him to come home. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, like always tell that story because my dad was literally going to go to the NBA, but he had me and he got hurt too, which was like, like a really bad injury, but he had me and I don't know which one happened first. But his mom told him to come home and he came home. And I feel like, you know, ever since then, I feel like I owe him something. And he's really just a really big part of why I do what I do. And he's super supportive and super like you're living your dream already. And I'm shout out to all the supportive parents out there. Keep shout out to the supportive parents. Love it. He's super supportive in what I do. And that my family and my brothers, they're all. So safe to say that is your why. Yeah, that is my why. And it's just so happened that I'm lucky enough to do something that I like doing. Go to school to go to culinary school because I love to cook. And I was like, that's something yeah, I can make I money off of. buy some food my way. <laughs> so actually, both of my parents passed away in 2017. Mm. So it's literally just my siblings and I. Crazy story. It was my dad that passed away first. And then my maternal grandfather, my mom's dad. And then mm. my mom passed away. And then in 2019, my grandma passed away. And my best friend but I think that all of these experiences when people experience loss and their creatives and things like that it really does contribute to your journey as an artist yeah because you can handle all of these different things you can really I feel like you could dig deeper if you know all the great artists like Van Gogh a lot of them suffered mental illness a lot of health issues and I think that yes a lot of it's fun a lot of it's happiness but it's also stems from a lot of pain. 
in their inspiration. Absolutely. I say that I probably create the best stuff when I'm like mad. I create the best stuff when I'm sad. But I love how you mentioned that when you're mad because it's a stark contrast, like how everybody's different. What is your creative process, by the way? My creative process is sometimes I'll watch different documentaries. I'm very influenced by everything back in the 90s, a lot of the war stuff, the Cold War, and you know, why history and why the present is the way it is right now. So I kind of go back and I look at stuff like that. Initially, when I started it, I wanted to do a lot of just different revolutionaries in history. I dedicated myself to like just doing a little research on whoever I was going to make a piece of one. Oh girl, that's why you're politically ink. And then so like all this stuff happened. So many things to reference from. Like the culture and the state that we're in right now, there's just always something that triggers me and and I'm like, okay, I want to make something. (laughs) You know, like. But that's powerful. Yeah. a powerful thing to be able to be inspired by those different kinds of things. Yeah. I will say Nipsey Hussle's death was one of the catalysts to my progression. I was in the middle of a crisis, kind of, and I was like, I don't want to do anything anymore. I'm done. I don't want to do anything. So like 30 different kind of midlife crises where they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Then they do it. I didn't want to do it. I took everything on my page. Like I was like done. And everyone's like, what's going on? And I was like, ah, I'm depressed. I don't want to do anything. And then this lady calls me from Brooklyn, New York. I dropped the Nipsey piece and she was like, oh my God, they just had the Nipsey pop up down here in Brooklyn. And, and she just went crazy. And she just kind of like motivated me and was like, you need to do this. You're going to be so famous that I want a piece so I end up like she ended up purchasing a piece for me and that was like my first piece that I sent to New York and it was literally in a time where I was just like done I was done I was on the phone crying with her because I was just like you don't understand just gave up everything like you don't understand it was crazy that is one thing I was going to ask you is how has your mental health impacted your artwork and productivity Because like me with COVID, COVID kind of like set the fire up under me. And basically all of the things I was procrastinating on, because I usually am naturally a very energetic go, go, go kind of person. Like always working. I'm a worker bee. I always have to keep myself busy. That's also how my dad was. I'm first generation Filipino. I came here when they were young. My dad was like one out of 12 kids picked up that work ethic from him as far as that goes but with COVID when the quarantine I couldn't go nowhere I had to reassess like when I was going out was any of it productive even when I was at home was that productive or reprioritize all of the things that I was doing and how it was affecting my spirit how I was exchanging energy with people that I shouldn't have as far as Because a lot of times too, but you know how, especially in LA, you can get sucked into like a lifestyle hole, I like to call it. Yeah. Of like, y'all posting stuff, but y'all not doing stuff. Absolutely. Or just being on the scene. And I'm like, for what though? Right. It's funny that you said that, man, because I got to a point where like, probably like in 2019, end of 2019, I got to a point where just from experiencing like people just wanting to be a part of the lifestyle that they thought I had. I'm like, I don't, I'd be at home. And not to say like, I didn't party. I've done that. 
I'm about to be 30 years old. Listen, listen. I partied when I was young. I was one of those party girls in high school. So I'm over it. I partied so hard when I was 21. I moved to another state. I moved to Houston, Texas when I was 21. And I was hey, like, hey, <laughs> it was a whole nother world. And it was like, I'm done partying. When I was 21 and 22 to like, kind of feel like now I just want to like travel and stuff. But yeah, it, it's just really crazy just to see how much yeah you're pushing out so much content all of your creativity that's people don't understand how exhausting it is social media in itself and it's funny because i didn't care about it until i started a business i never cared at all and so for me now to know that social media is a big part of how people sustain businesses now and that's a big integral part of how people are successful now it's like okay i get what i have to do but it's it get exhausting and it's like okay i've done a photo shoot and now you should be reeling off that one photo shoot for a season but now it's like you should be doing another one in the next two weeks and it's kind of like that's just like insane (laughs) the frequency of social media is it's pressure when you think about it it's like situation where people are literally on their phones 24 hours a day you don't want to be too old school you got to get with the times how do you balance your personal life with your business life because those are two different things and you were talking about going to networking events earlier Mm -hmm. what are some networking tips you can give to well-seasoned creatives or even young creatives it's so important to have a mentor and like have someone take you under their wing definitely need someone who's seasoned and who's wise enough to not be threatened by your success but also be willing to help you with it girl that's you another have to find thing. someone you have to like yes when you're young and you're successful that is also can be intimidating or people will be intimidated by your success and even your youth unfortunately yeah so unfortunately that's the that's the world we live in and if you if you're fortunate enough to find someone like I'm looking for to mentor me or mentor you with what you're doing then you're 10 steps ahead I feel like because then you know you're not scrambling around trying to figure out the answers you can negate mistakes that you probably would make if you didn't have someone who's seasoned and who can let you know I'm so glad that you mentioned all of those different points because I completely agree it's very important as far as networking goes I'm one of those people where I will meet people I'll remember you but I won't remember where I met you from so do you have any tips as far as like just putting yourself out there and just meeting all of these different people you know have discernment when you're meeting all these people girl when you're somebody that does something and you know you could possibly give someone else an opportunity a lot of opportunities opportunists come around and people who aren't genuinely for you so you you have to have discernment and like weed out those people except the people who do love you and except the people who do genuinely want you to win and create your circle and your team out of those people kind of like people will attach themselves to you and they don't even know you just because of the opportunity i've had that happen to me and it was kind of like i've never had that happen to me because i'm like who who am i for you to feel like you can get an opportunity 
figuring it out of me, but it was very clear and transparent what the situation was. And I just like, okay, well, this can't be the first person that'll try to do this. Just be wary of that. Be wary of generating and creating a good foundation with genuine, solid people. Yes. It's actually funny that you mentioned that because I'm a firm believer in doing things organically, letting it happen naturally instead of forcing things. Right. Trying to do things that are forced. Like the connection that we had, it was super organic, super cool. It wasn't one of those, like you meet someone in LA and then you get their Instagram and you never talk to them again. Right. Like we've hit each other up and been like, oh, just checking in, you know, different things like that. And actually supporting each other other than trying to be like, oh yeah, you're on the scene too. Cool. Just being around the people that are basically your people. Yeah. And that takes time. Even if it takes time to like build your little tribe or whatever, it's like the most genuine relationships that I've built have been over time. You and I have known each other since, I don't know, what, 2017, 2018 or something like that. That's crazy. we both evolved and we both seen each other and watched each other grow and that's just genuine of course I'm <laughs> I'm gonna do this of course this is amazing like that's how it should be opposed to like everybody is just trying to do what they think is gonna make them popular and it's In conclusion and wrapping things up, one of the things that I wanted to ask you was, so we've talked about how you became an artist, why you became an artist, what kind of mediums you do, but what kind of artist do you want to be in the future? How do you want to impact the community and so forth? For the most part, I initially I started and I said, I'm from L.A. I'm from Watt. I'm from Watson and that city does not get a lot of credit and you know from where I'm from we we're not the statistics of being successful is not high and I want to be able to, to ultimately say that you know that's not the end of it you know even though that's economically and that's where we are living that's where you know we have to lay our head doesn't mean that's the end you know there's so many worlds and so many things that we can branch ourselves out to be more than that and for me like I said family and not even being ashamed of where I'm from and repping that oh I was gonna <laughs> say that in my head I'm repping South Central I'm repping Watts that's where I grew up I, I spent almost 10 years of my life my youth life where I got so many lessons and experiences from in that city you know like I said it's not a lot of opportunity for us out there and if I not even if but as time progresses I want people to know that it's possible I want people to know that you know that's not just the end road it's more to life than just what we have in that city I'm from like the San Francisco East Bay yeah I get you I'm from this city it's called Pittsburgh and it's maybe like 45 minutes away from San Francisco 30 Mm -hmm. from Oakland and I understand because they don't really get their shine and although we're on the map it's like one of those cities where you stay where you're at like is yeah stay there for generations don't leave or if you do leave you come back it's interesting just to hear you say that you just want to put on for your city and my mom actually taught me too like just because you're from that area or you're from the hood or you're from the ghetto doesn't mean you have to act like it and you Mm -hmm. know there's a time that's the first lesson I learned that there's a time and place for everything that's a skill by the way that's true people are usually surprised when I tell them that I'm from Watts like I'm like yeah I am from 
the ghetto, okay? <laughs> Everything that we've talked about and just like your energy, I'm sure that you have inspired a lot of people, especially in your city, to just be themselves, to be expressive, to put yourself out there, to just be out, you know, and just do what you love because it is important. You come from cities like ours where ain't really nothing there or as opportunities and you have to seek out opportunities yourself. Right. And the fact that you're actively being outgoing to seek out those opportunities can be inspiring and help different generations. Like I know I have stories of my little cousins or my nieces and nephews that watch me, even though I didn't realize that they watch me, they're like, oh, I want to be like- They watch you. (laughs) Yeah, they watch you because they're like, I want to be in LA, like or doing what she's doing. I want to travel, all those things. And actually I was very blessed and fortunate to be in the travel industry as well. I worked as a travel agent, which afforded me the luxuries to be out there and be um, different people, different cultures. Yeah. yeah, I think that everyone should try it. Everyone needs to be a part of that experience because it definitely has helped my creativity and all of mm-hmm. my influences because I've been able to see like the different techniques. I like going to different places in different countries, different states, just to see mm-hmm. like what's the culture like and how are they using design or art to express themselves because every place is different every place is different my one year in houston texas was a culture shock to me and that was just houston texas and i was just like okay wait this isn't south central la anymore this is down south it's hot it's humid it's different it was definitely a different experience but i'm glad i'm able to say that so I also want to ask, what are your upcoming projects? Tell the people. Let us know what your first and what we can do to support you as a community. But for the most part, I'm still trying to wrap my head around another fashion show. It was more of a success than I actually planned on. And just backstory, I had a fashion show June 19th for Juneteenth. It was really, really, it turned out like amazing. Like there were Even though there. I was winging it, I was winging it the whole time. It still turned out decent and okay. So I have a friend of mine, another designer, he wants to grow one as soon as possible. So I'm still trying to like brainstorm that. So I might be doing another fashion show. Girl, let's say this. So you're wearing your shirt right now, one of your designs which mm-hmm. I love. And your LA proper <laughs> necklace. Love that. Oh yeah. This is shout out to LA Gold Inc. She designs these and I love her designs and yes. shout out to her. So you're wearing your design. I'm wearing one of my designs. It's my Nomi logo with shout out to Nomi. Mask. Yes, shout yes. Uh, my company is actually Nomi Visuals. It's a design and media company. So I will put the links in the description. I was thinking... Let's give the people what they want and give them like a little sale and like a special promo code to make sure that we take care of our people and our listeners. The t-shirts are $23. You can get these all the time. And then shout out to Noella Bergner. Okay, she is the new Real Housewife on the Orange County season. She reached out to me a couple months ago and she's representing all people of color designs. Love it. So shout out to her. She has a bunch of pieces from the runway show, but you guys can get that stuff online on my site right now. Where can the people find you? You can find me on on Instagram at politically.inc on Instagram and then my personal page. 
is it this one right behind you it's right <laughs> above your head that politically dot ink and then the link in my bio is the link to my my site so you can purchase stuff and that is shoppolitically.ink.com i need mentors i need brand ambassadors if I you're need... a brand ambassador if you're a mentor or you know people that are looking for people to mentor mentees Hit her up. Hit my girl Jade up. Let her know. Help her out. Once again, this is Meg Dre on Nomi Chronicles with my homegirl Jade at Politically Inc. Politically dot Inc. If you're looking yes. at Instagram, I'm so grateful and so happy that we got to do this. I'm so excited for all of your future projects. I can't wait to see your next runway show. And I want all of you listeners, subscribers, all my people and followers to go hit up her website buy out her shop share yes and you can also follow me at it's meg dre on twitter on instagram on instagram we have at nomi chronicles and yes please subscribe to all of our different platforms and we will link everything also in the description